You're listening to Inner Buddha's Zen Entrepreneurs Podcast, and I'm your host, Trisha Shinko. I am your Reiki master teacher and emotional wellness coach from innerbuddha.ca. This is the podcast that will help you access the wisdom you hold inside that heals all things. My intention is to open and expand your mind and quite possibly blow your mind. So come join me on this crazy adventure. You're listening to Inner Buddha's Zen Entrepreneur's Podcast, and this is episode 65. On today's episode, we have a guest all the way from the UK. His name is Nicholas Carey. He shares his own unique perspective on awakening and his experiences within that. He also has his own podcast called From Ideology to Unity that shares the potential solutions to ideological division and how to bring it all together in a unified manner. So let's get right to it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. I'm so happy to have you guys here. I do have a special guest on today, and we're going to be talking a little bit about um, ideology and unity and how all that comes together. So I have on with us Nicholas Carey. He is from the UK, a very... <laughs> um, Let's see, we're globetrotting now, really. We're bringing in everyone from all over the place. So welcome, Nick. Hi. Hi, thank you so much for being here. So I reached out, what originally started all this was I reached out on a a Facebook group asking for people who would like to talk about their awakening, about their experiences, about what's going on in their lives and things that they wanted to share from their experiences and then you jumped on right away and <laughs> you yeah. were adamant you wanted to get on the show and I love having people that are you know forward and wanting to be in in front so let let the audience know a little bit about you um what do they need to you what know about you and what brought you here well first of all like in the group I was a little bit sheepish at first about mentioning my podcast because I didn't want to come off like it was about what i could get from it right it was more but about maybe i didn't need to yeah it is so but it's unnecessary i guess but once someone else mentioned it i was like yeah i'll jump in the opportunity so mm-hmm. yeah so how did i get here so um where do i start Honestly, for a long time, I was kind of lost because I wasn't doing, I guess I've got a kind of artistic, I guess I'm kind of artistic, so, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't doing something I was passionate about or that I loved to do. Right. I hadn't found what to do. You didn't find your creative outlet. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So I think I was depressed. Okay pretty miserable really for quite a while i i did get to agree because i thought well it's kind of expected to i didn't know what else to do unless i did politics because i was interested in that mm-hmm. and i did aimed at a master's in international political economy but the thing is i was procrastinating loads probably because i was depressed but also because i've got adhd and asperger's as well that's not really I don't know if that's related to procrastination, but basically, yeah, I, 
masters. I almost failed it. Like I had to, yeah, but I, I managed to get that done. But really though, I, I didn't get a job for years because like, well, it's, it's hard anyway to do that in the economic climate that mm-hmm. was happening. But like, well, and I didn't really have my passion, right? So I ended up having unhealthy outlets for it. Like, for example, I mean, I cope partly by like things like playing computer games, watching stuff or arguing with people online. Well, it started off debating, but often ended up derailing into... It went into a little bit more, yeah. Right. But I did a lot of research, but online and stuff about political theory and stuff because it fascinated me mm-hmm. but i i very i got quite ideological about it i kind of got dogmatic about it okay and i almost was kind of almost like in an online battle like a keyboard warrior so i know what it's like for people to be ideological because i was one of those people and i understand right i mean some call it uh, ideological possession I suppose that's one way of putting it like those the ideas have a hold on you and you're blinkered and you identify with those views and views outside of that feel like you've got this I am um, you identify the views you're opposed to as well as like mm-hmm. the enemy and it's like you feel like you're threatened by them and you need to st- protect your group and yourself from them and so you end up in this struggle but the thing is the other group feel the same way about you on your or what your group okay and there's this whole honestly what i think is going on and i haven't gone into this yet actually on my podcast but i've discovered this whole dynamic which is called the aggressor victim um rescue a triangle i think okay and that seems to be something that's going on i think with ideology i think that people flip between what part of that triangle the rat when they're in an ideology they're either trying to rescue someone that they feel is vulnerable right or they they feel like they're the victim or they feel like they they're aggressing against the other side that they dislike right they, they yeah, might view that, that aggression as defense but it might be attack and and other people will also be on that on the other side. So it, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, but you don't see it that way when you're involved, when you're emotionally involved with it. And right. I think it's a very, well, it's a very egoic thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, we get very caught up in that. But for me, it was partly a matter of coping, right? And maybe it's that with a lot of people, like if you don't know what you're going to do in life, what your purpose is in life, and you're not sure, like, arguing people online someone's wrong on the internet right it could actually be kind of satisfying uh another thing is i guess i kind of was compensating for insecurity about my position in life well you were yeah you went and you went and got a degree and you it didn't it didn't sound like it was easy for you to even do it it's because something that you pushed yourself to do because it was somebody else is you were trying to you know, satisfy somebody else's expectations, right? Well, yeah, there's also, it's almost like society's expectations, the idea that you can't be mm-hmm. successful unless you get the qualifications. Right. Um, and it's not true. 
But what so, did that do for you? Well, I mean, you know, it's not that I wasn't interested in the subject, but like, it wasn't the course material that interested me, but the unrelated research that I did when I was in the library, university library, while procrastinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or while convincing myself it was productive when it wasn't. But that's the stuff that interested me because I was doing it, that's where I was drawn maybe by my heart. So I'm looking into how everything works because I'm really curious about how things work. That's just uh, how I am in this incarnation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was... Um, so you, you had a little bit of a a realization then really because it sounds like you went through some really tough stuff you had you know a childhood that you was that put a lot of labels on it you know your yourself as a whole it sounds like right maybe um, uh i don't know like did, do you feel that you lived from the position of being identified as those labels well i suppose we all do uh but like mm-hmm. those labels of like adg and asperger's state and stuff that I didn't, that wasn't affecting me then because I didn't find out until later that I even had that. Okay. That was only a few years ago. I just knew I was different and didn't fit in, but I didn't know why. Uh, so what, what brought you to then um, seeking out your own podcast? What, what was it oh, that, yeah, that suppose, realization? Yeah. Okay, so what happened is eventually, eventually... I did discover spirituality. No, what happened first, first, I discovered, first I discovered Jordan Peterson, which fascinated me. And, um, you know, his ideas were really quite philosophical and also kind of political. So, and I was, unfortunately, I was involved in the whole culture war, actually on the right, funny enough. But these days I try to, have a more unified impartial neutral perspective i'm still sympathetic to those ideas a bit but i try not to yeah i try to understand you know i feel like we need to unify together rather than being at each other's strokes basically but what happened is from that i was into self-help sort of stuff and i got into carl jung and jungian typology from that not i started off more the typology and got into more jungian psychology as a whole Mm-hmm. for that and then at a certain point i discovered spirituality what i found is i found a youtube video reading out like the raw material and that was fascinating at first i didn't believe it but i was like yeah a friend showed it to me and i was just like i don't know but it mentioned certain things in history like the pharaoh akhenaten and i knew stuff about that and it things started to line up there's things about the version of history and the law the law of one talks about that it, it does actually make sense and it talks about law and vibration and frequency and when you find out what tesla was talking about that stuff and that science is actually starting to discover stuff about this and there's quantum physics overlaps with that you start to realize that the whole quantum field thing is highly related to spirituality and mysticism and then it clicks right and then you realize wait a minute my whole atheism where everything's just you know physical particles and everything and that's all there is to it 
I didn't, I, it was kind of stark to me. I had a stark view of the world that I just thought well, it was just realistic and logical because I was so obsessed with being logical because the idea of being logical was kind of made by ego compensate my ego felt a compensation a superiority complex to make up for my insecurity about mm -hmm. my position in life i was like oh i'm so logical <laughs> i was honestly <laughs> a bit overly prideful definitely because that's what you, you you looked for because that would make sense logically you know you have to find that almost the scientific side of things because the other side of things is so um not in a box right it's not categorized it's just okay. so much to it right well there was a point where i discovered new atheism when i was like 16 with the with god delusion and i was like oh i really like this this makes sense because the idea of being well the idea of being logical was appealing I, I guess at that point and i didn't like religion the idea of these random rules they had to follow that didn't make any sense to me that you just have to follow and it's you just got to believe it because it's true and this is how it is obey the their teachings or else suffering for eternity. And I was like, why? Why? And I, I did grow up in a secular household, but I, obviously I came across religion and I didn't like it. And, and That's then, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so I felt that they were rationally believing in faith without having a basis. No, I understand faith a bit better now because <laughs> I'm not, yeah. And then I came across people online. No, I came across people when I had interactions at university and at, on, online, arguments and discussions and stuff. But I used to get frustrated when people made non sequiturs or people made think, think claims that didn't follow or I made ad hominems. And I was like, well, there's logical people and then there's irrational people. And I'm one of the logical people. And I was like taking pride in being logical and making sure I did that. I didn't realize really what I was doing and that I was puffing up my ego and kind of going down a not entirely positive path. I didn't know that, but yeah. But sometimes you need to go the wrong way to go the right way. I like that. So, yeah, that is so yeah. true. Absolutely. Or like you need to go through darkness to find light because like, yeah, it's hard to that's exactly it because in the darkness how else are you going to see light if you're in yeah. light you're gonna only see darkness yeah it's like a hero's contrast, journey right the hero's journey he starts off in this nice comfortable abode situation he doesn't learn or grow much he's just like he's young and he's inexperienced and he's safe and protected mm -hmm. right but then he he dare and he just follows traditional ways or whatever right and then he delves out from that into the chaos and the darkness of the outside world and he comes across trials and he makes mistakes and does things some things he regrets and and, and he you know he, and with through that he grows and he improves right it starts off more of a sort of trickster maybe um uh and then it moves more into the, the classical hero sort of archetype mm -hmm. But it's just being human, really. Yeah, everyone have this dynamic, I guess. But the thing is, some people like to be more within the the more safe uh, way things are done historically, um, traditionally. Conservative people, mm. people who are more prone to, people who are more conservative politically, I feel that they prefer to stick to the sense of safety and security and stability like social norms yeah. yeah but they also they're not entirely 
without merit because without stability, without some some kind of order, like things fall apart. And they're right. But if they only look at that side of things, they're missing out the whole other side of the picture because there's an aspect of chaos and freedom. There's a sort of people doing more what they want to exploring things more openly and like there's certain things that the left i mean it's more than the left and right but there's certain things that the left or like the less conservative perspective certain virtues that like you need to go into that might involve going into the darkness like you're going around um if you try experimental drugs in a sense that's going into the unknown the darkness and the chaos mm-hmm. And learning through that process. It's and even path. though, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so even if it's, it's not, it might go negative for a bit compared to the readily tried stable path, you actually grow from it. It might actually end up, this is why there's a one way, there's one path where you can go into the darkness more directly and then you sort of, through that you learn and then find the light quicker potentially but you might get stuck in the darkness as well. That's true. Yes, I know I did for a very long time. So it's just a matter of finding your way. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I was libertarian at the time. So I guess, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's left or it kind of moves beyond it, but it's, it's kind of a bit more chaotic than conservatism, traditionalism, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got to, we, I guess this, we've got to avoid being too tied to ideas anyway, because like, if we do that, we become blinkered if this you identify with it right because the ideology part of that is so far out from unity right and unity yeah. is what is unity in your eyes okay so in one sense unity is the opposite of separation so in society that would be people working together in harmony and sort of rather than in conflict right Mm -hmm. cooperating in harmony uh i mean there's a sense in which everyone are one anyway on the universal level there's you you're saying the individual level on the individual level someone can be unified but the opposite end of the spectrum they could have multiple personality disorder or something right right and as above as below as as above as below above so below that that whole mm-hmm. hermetic principle applies here because like you get the same kind of patterns as not exactly the same, so without kind of thing yeah yeah there's that as well right mm-hmm. because in up and down in and out kind of the whole way. yeah yeah it's all one right yeah so and there's one path i think that i feel like there's different paths to unity and unity is on a societal or global level, unity is us being coming together and moving past duality, moving past left and right, good, evil. Um, right, wrong, anything like that. Right? right. Although there is one duality I don't think we're going to be moving apart away from, and that is service to others or service to self. Because we only get to serve the unity the unpolarized 
we only get past that when we get to sixth density, which is this level of reality, which is, you know, a long way away from where we're at. For the time being, moving to this new age of Aquarius or fourth density. Mm -hmm. the law, age, yeah. yeah, at this point, I think, you know, I think most of us can agree we'd like to have uh, service to others and come together in, in that sort of sense. Uh, so in that sense, we can choose light over dark for now. Eventually, we'll get to, I guess, the grey. <laughs> um, but that's like, I don't know how long how long away that is. That's a long time. I don't know if it's going to be a time frame, per se. But I believe what I feel is that we are kind of transitioning through that grey stage now. Where kind we're coming... Right, we've been in the dark ages, and the dark ages you can agree, I feel just ended like maybe a couple of years ago. If that, it was very recent because of all of the ideologies and the beliefs and these society norms that we were just blindly following. Right, so now people are starting to question, people are starting to look for answers, and that sounds like where you actually started to then question everything yourself right well i mean it's a transition it is like yeah. i had started to question everything i was always a curious mind but somehow i i ended up at a certain point I ended up being less curious because i got in, uh, too attached to certain ideas i was attached to the objective truth and so i started being like well i've got the truth and other people who disagree with me haven't, which is kind of arrogant, to be honest. So I had to be humble myself when I had to, when I eventually accepted the idea that there's truth is more subjective. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe there's a higher objective truth on a sort of more universal level, but we don't necessarily have access to it. Um, right. So where are we? So like, <laughs> there's unity and there's different paths to unity, and there is a way for people who are more stick to what's comfortable to them, the security to do it, but they need to actually leave the comfortable, to some extent they need to leave. Leave their comfort zone, yeah. Yeah, they do need to leave their comfort zone and they might be slightly behind in certain ways but in terms they? of awakening, in a sense. Because everyone has their own time, yeah. right? Yeah. They're going at a slower pace at the beginning, but at the same time, they're not, they're not necessarily, they've got a strong, maybe they're better foundation. And when they go out, maybe they've got better equipment and they've been mm -hmm. preparing for longer. So I don't Physically, know. They could be some more prepared. Yeah. So what is it the message that you feel that is coming through you on your podcast with each one of your interviews? You said you, okay. you did quite a number of interviews already, mm. right? Right. So what it is, is that I would say I feel that You want, I want to serve others and contribute to the Great Awakening. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering how can I do that personally? And so I've got experience with ideology. I've got experience. I've looked a fair bit into political theory, philosophy, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and, and spirituality, but much more recent. But yeah. And I sort of like, I felt like maybe I can use that to focus on what are the different paths which we can take to unity and helping guide people towards unifying. So 
let's have a perspective on politics that's more unified and less divided and try to find a way that isn't and i don't think it's as simple as centrism i i, I feel like it's about transcending the whole thing and going it, into something completely new because i feel like there's yeah. points on the political compass for example that make sense all over the place and i started to realize when i really got out of ideology i started to realize that from everywhere like even there's some things i agree with anarcho-communists about funny enough and there's some things i agree with, with conservatives about there's some things i agree with libertarians about and there's some things i agree with i mean i wouldn't say agree with there's some things i definitely don't agree with but this is just my perspective like i, I feel like if we can think of it like suppose you're putting up a tent or right you're putting these pegs down into the earth tied to the rope right mm -hmm. and then at different points let's say in political compass and then you sort of you build the, the tent is pitched up above it so you rise and ascend above the political compass in like another direction or dimension mm -hmm. and you do that by pinning the pins down at different places so you're drawing upon different aspects of the whole to have a unified perspective that looks down in a more not so attached way does that make sense as a way of picturing it you're basically yeah you're you're rising above everything that has been built already right we have a foundation but that foundation that has been built obviously isn't sturdy enough for us to continue on right. where we're going right but there's things to learn from them mm -hmm. even if they've only seen part of the picture because they can take pieces of it yeah yeah exactly what works um, now, different people might try this sort of thing in a different way. I've come across two different people, two different, uh, two people, I've come across people doing the same kind of thing, but in a different way. Uh, there's, a, there's a YouTube channel called Actualized that mm -hmm. does this. There's certain things I disagree with them on, but I, that's interesting. And there's also, oh, I can't remember what they're called. Uh, now it will come to me at some point later. There's, there's other people who are doing it, but yeah. And what is it that they're doing? It's basically drawing on having a more holistic perspective of politics okay. and philosophy and stuff like that, rather than being stuck to, oh, the other is integral theory or in, uh, Ken Wilber's the guy behind it. That's the other one. Okay. Right. Anyway. So, what I could give perspective on here is how I came to this more recently. So I was looking to spirituality and stuff, but I was keeping up certain bad habits of being argumentative still, even though it wasn't in alignment with my ideals. So I suppose at a certain point, my higher self was going to test me and throw me in the deep end. I'm like, okay, you've got to actually, there's, there's things coming this year. This is 2020. This was this uh, late spring to summer and of course my higher self knew what was going to be happening this year yeah especially the later virus, part yeah. i mean he already knew what was going on but he knew especially it was like okay he really needs to get on with it get out of this right and actually start it's unconscious programming really yeah right well so basically i think i had a dark night of the soul basically interesting okay 
combined with negative synchronicity, I suppose, I think on some level my fears started attracting negative things happening, or at least experiences, whether or not they really occurred. I don't know. Does it really matter? I mean, Nothing what? really matters. No, because that's the thing. If it happened in your mind or if it happened in reality, it's still happening. Your, your brain doesn't know the right. difference. Right? The reactions that your body has is going to be the same. Right. So basically... I felt like I was being in 3D, in a 3D sense, and also in a psychic sense, targeted. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt. Uh, I was, so I, I was getting very afraid. I was getting an very anxious. And this is the dark night a, of the soul you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th I think I would say probably was that. And at a certain point, it got to a point where I felt like I might die. I felt like I might be murdered or something. Or, I don't know, I felt like my whole life might fall apart in a way that utterly horrified me. I didn't know what was going on. And so I moved to a place where I felt safer. Actually, I moved in with my mom, actually. Right, that's your root, your core. Then yeah, that's... she was worried about me. Yeah. And also... Yeah. She probably ended up benefiting from having me around during the whole COVID situation. Right. Yeah, so she does not uh, around anymore. So, yeah, oh, uh, I feel like it, it's probably a good thing in a way. Things actually, but okay, so what really helped, I was still scared. So, what really happened, helped was I surrendered to the processed source, right? Essentially, it's like I stopped trying to control the outcome and I accepted. I didn't know what's going to happen, but the thing is, I never know what's going to happen. So I don't know, but if what I'm afraid of happens, maybe I can, maybe I can find a way to serve others using it instead of, I, I'm not going to go into the details, but I, I felt like, okay, maybe I can flip the whole thing in its head. And actually, and it took bravery on to be like, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe I, you know, I found a way in which I could, if what I was a certain things I was afraid of happened, I could turn, turn it to, I would say my advantage, but also to the advantage of the service I wanted to do, but I wouldn't know exactly how to do it. And then very rapidly, things started lining up. I started meditating a lot as, as well, right? So then I came across this London Real course for, for Broadcast Yourself, but how to, uh, to set up a podcast and do a podcasting. Mm -hmm. And I, I came across some stream he was doing about it like a few days before it started or about a week before it started or something. But five minutes before the stream started, I saw an advert for it. And I was like, okay, wow, I'm doing it. And also that was synchronicity, like that five minutes before thing. That, that's amazing. So I started that course and I knew this, this is the thing I wanted to do. This is the thing I wanted to do all my life. This. like Share a message, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I got really excited. So I did it. And this, as I started doing it, I, started, I realized people in the group, in the uh, course, were like, it's great. Like, we really like this. I started feeling pretty happy with it. And the more I did it, like, I really started to enjoy it. And I tried to set up a YouTube account previously, but it didn't really work out because there's all the editing involved. It wasn't natural to me. Mm -hmm. But now, like, yeah, I just, I found my passion. I'm, I'm not depressed anymore. I'm wow. happy. 
That is I'm, amazing. I'm more happy. I'm more happy. The last time I was this happy was when I was a young child. That is so crazy that you said that, because I feel that I myself have had many of those experiences, and a lot of my clients have been also noticing things. Or it's like this gap of actual true enjoyment of life and allowing that enjoyment to penetrate your body and actually feel it right yeah at this point where you you're you're finally awakening this is the part mm. of you that's been locked away for quite some time right but it's not all okay i mean there's still i went through a difficult i mean i've had difficult experiences in the past and especially mm. during that those few months whether real or not, or whatever that means, I went through negative experiences and I've got negative emotions associated with it, I suppose in my subconscious, my shadow. And some of them bubble up every now and again. It's been get a be getting better generally, though. Um, I know it's not, it's not all going to be, you know, daisies and rainbows forever. Like, goes through cycles. But, yeah, I I'm doing pretty good. At least I've got a purpose. And I feel like a lot of people whether they're more artistic types or not. If you follow, if you do what you love, you just feel more alive. Whereas if you're just living for the weekend and just going through, like doing, doing it like a five kind of thing, like mm -hmm. you're more living like a zombie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On autopilot. You're, yeah. You're slowly dying it. rather than living. And, and I was doing that. That's why people go through midlife crisis. Right. Yeah, but I went through. Well, I hope it's not a midlife crisis. I'd rather it's more like a quarter life, maybe but one eighth. <laughs> it depends on how long I'm. Don't I'm things right. change quite significantly? It doesn't have to be a bad thing to go. It, that's what people have once labeled it as, and it's most relatable. That's why I use that term. But I find people are going through those kind of phases sooner, which I think is inevitable in everybody's life if mm. they're so unconscious, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people are unconscious, and oh. I want to, there's something I want to mention. Sure. So this relates to, I would say it relates to Nietzsche and Carl Jung and what their insights. Um, so first of all, Nietzsche came across this idea that God is dead. He was talking about that God is dead. We have killed him. And the idea is that what they talked about is, I'll put it in a more, I'm referring to science as well. There's this idea of the left brain and the right brain. Okay. And we are becoming increasingly left brain focused on neglecting the creative part of ourselves. Um, this happened especially during the Enlightenment, increasingly as science developed. And science is great. It's just that we ended up becoming more and more secular and more and more divorced from a whole part of ourselves. And what and then and also there's all this archetypal content right mm -hmm. that there is a way for an outlet for when you stuff in your subconscious can be healthily come out right um through spirituality now christianity wasn't perfect in the way it did it in that it externalized darkness as satan as this external thing rather than coming from within it's not perfect. That's what Jung was talking about. But what Jung noticed was that we'd become increasingly repressing things rather than healthily letting things out. Because we, all that emotional, archetypal 
content, it was all repressed because we didn't have that outlet anymore when we become increasingly secular. Mm-hmm. Atheism is so widespread in the West, right? Now, this whole scientific secular perspective, in the early 20th century, it was most intense in Germany. That's what Jung noticed. That's why in World War One and World War Two, you know, they did the gas attacks at the beginning. That I would say, that, and they focused more on, um, you know, the Nazis, for example, they heavily focused on pharmaceuticals and chemicals and drugs. Actually, I mean, a lot during the Blitzkrieg, the tank crews were drugged up. They were high on amphetamines, from what I hear, right? It's a very and it's a very secular materialistic perspective, even yeah. if they did have religion still. And what the idea is what happened is that Jung pointed out that it's not just Germany, it's the whole West. Right. Because we yeah. we've got more secular, we're repressing things. And he mentioned how uh Native Americans used to say that they felt that we were crazy. There's this look in our eyes, right? <laughs> So basically, he described it as a sort of, um, how to describe it, a neuroticism, and uh, being just, neurotic. and um, Like yeah. being so disconnected from your true self. Right? Yeah, and what happens is we project. We see, we project outward. So we see, it causes people, the more someone is like this, they, the more they see flaws in others, but not in their self. They see flaws in others based on what they don't accept about themselves. Yes. So... Yeah, uh, that was um, that's what he noticed, and that's what the Nazis did. They saw, you know, the Jews, the, in the Jews and other groups, they saw things like deceptiveness and other things like that they, in their bigotry and prejudice. That was all a projection of what they weren't actually dealing with inside, mm-hmm. right? But now, it's been how long? Like six, eighty years or whatever, like since oh, World War Two. Yeah. So the entire, in my perspective, I would say the entire West. And to some extent, because of globalization, the rest of the world, to some extent, is psychologically like the Weimar Republic. Interesting. That voted in Hitler. Hmm. Now, I'm not, now, if we were to say, okay, that, that means Trump then, that, that would be short-sighted. We need to look beyond this. Each side is like that, politically. Right? The whole point is moving beyond the sides. Mm-hmm coming to a place of... No, I need to hold myself back because sometimes I get tempted to get on the hype, the the Trump train. Because my used to be, the way I used to be would have done that, but I need to be careful because like I want to be about unity and bring people together and impartial because like I get it how impartial it is. I I think I understand where people are coming from on both sides of it, which Mm -hmm. maybe not, but that, that essentially what we do is we end up well in the other side whether the side that is we see all their flaws but we don't necessarily see our flaws and we feel justified in a righteous we feel all the things that we might do to them we feel is actually righteous and good because they've done all these horrible things they're a threat to us and this is the tribal mentality right it's very interesting that you say that yeah Hmm. yeah so i would want to know from you then 
um, what is it that you would give some advice to someone who is just awakening now, now that you've kind of stepped into this place of knowing spirituality, kind of being familiar from what your role is in that somebody who is not there quite just yet. They're just coming to that point where they're still in that dark place. What is it that you can give them or give them a piece of information that you wish you would have had in that time? Well, what came to me was surrender. Interesting. I, I mean, I could, I, I was, I was looking for something else to say in response to your question, but mm -hmm. that's what came to, I mean, that's in my perspective, what happened in my experience, that's what helped fundamentally is like, I can't control the outcome. I don't know what will happen to me. But the thing is we never do. It's just that we go through our lives thinking, acting like we'll never die, but you might die getting out of bed tomorrow. You don't know, right? right? So the yeah. truth is, we don't know. We never have control of the outcome. We only have the illusion of control of the outcome. It's uh, being dishonest to yourself, essentially. If you truly just accept, let things happen, and trust in source and or your, your spirit guides, or however you view spirituality, if you trust in source and the process, the flow, the way, and for be in the present. In the future and the past, we, we can worry about what will happen or mull over all those negative right. things. Right. Right. In the present, I can't totally talk about this. If we meditate and you know, be in the present, and rather than attached to the outcome, like we, we can, it's liberating. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I admit, I'm not going to, I'm not some guru. I, <laughs> You're just I a haven't human been awakened that long. That's yeah, okay. That's yeah. why I love having you on the show because you have a very unique perspective of your own self, right? And sharing your story and understanding your own realizations is going to help those who are just a couple steps behind you. And that is what you're going to be doing with this show that you have created. And I'm very, very excited for where this is going to take you and what this is going to do for you and open up doors that were maybe closed before, right? Yeah. One thing that's good about it is I, I actually let other people talk more when I'm interviewing them. <laughs> I mean, whereas in, in this interview, when I'm being interviewed, it allows me to uh, express myself more. Well, that's the whole point be, of the interview. You, Absolutely. Yeah, you, I know I talked a lot when, <laughs> on our interview. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so it might seem scary and stark and you don't know what's happening. I mean, especially if you look at the world at the moment mm -hmm. and you hear about all sorts of these things like, or entities or whatever, right? There's all sorts of things you hear about and that can actually be a distraction, really. Do the inner work. Mm -hmm. That means that when negative, what helps with me, I've realized is that when negative emotions come up, like anger, fear, whatever, let it wash over you. Let yourself feel it. Let it wash over you and out of you. It's like a wave, hmm. right? That's beautiful. And when it comes out, it doesn't go back into you and repressed and then bounce around and then come up and again, it, it leaves when you do that. Then what you could do is reflect on it and be like, why did I feel that way? 
and then you've dealt with it in a healthy way. Because right. a lot of the time, we don't do that. And then the other part is like, don't try to control the outcome. And you might wake up in the night and you feel anxious, like, oh, what's going on? And, and you, you, the dark shadows in your room are like, <laughs> well, what if it's a, a ghost or something, right? And like, it, it's Just silly what we come up with. <laughs> it's, have a combination of courage and love. Love it that. with courage, yeah. right? Yeah, that's beautiful. I really love that. Thank you so much for sharing your messages and sharing your story and everything that you've shared with us today. Very, there's a lot in there. There's, you've compacted a lot of information in a short amount of time. And I, I just want to say thank you so much for um, showing up and sharing what you feel is important. And I, I, I feel, I, as you were talking the whole time, I saw all those little nuggets of gold that you were dropping there. Thanks. And uh, yeah, no, I really, it's a refreshing different view that I haven't had before. Well, thanks a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Glad to serve, I guess. <laughs> and I know that's going to be something. So where can people find you? What is your podcast and how can people find you? It's From Ideology to Unity. Um, you can find it on a number of places. There's Anchor. Mm -hmm. um, there's Apple Podcasts. There's uh, Google Podcasts. And, and a number of other places. I think there's about the same yeah. eight platforms as, um, as mine would be on as well, because it's on the same platform. Right, because I upload it onto Anchor and it just distributes it to a number of places. Good, good. Well, I'm happy that you have your message and I'm looking forward to you dropping the interview that you shared with me. And that's something that I'm going to be sharing with the audience as well. So look forward to that. And uh, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Yes, it was much appreciated. Take care. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and listening to today's episode. If you found value in today's episode, please don't hesitate to share your review. Your feedback is so important to me. And feel free to share this episode with those who you believe that will benefit from it. Remember, sharing is caring, right? So to learn more about me and how I can help you, please visit www.innerbuddha.ca and you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Inner Buddha Zen. Much love.